Hello, everyone, and we are back with Keys to the Queendom. I'm extremely grateful and honoured to have Daniel G here, who is labelled as the number one sales trainer. So to me, I think it's just the awareness of saying, okay, I'm about to jump on the sales call. For five seconds, let me just breathe. Eliminate everything that just happened a minute ago, an hour ago, a day ago, a week ago, a month ago. So how do you change people's perspectives when it comes to selling every single day? So the perception is you have this hunger and drive that a lot of people probably don't have just yet. My hunger, my drive stays now throughout my business because I want to see how much I can push inside of my business. I want to see how much I'm capable of. For anyone that obviously works with you, do they see other parts of you that other people don't see? And what are those parts? I think. Welcome to the Queendom. Hello, everyone, and we are back with Keys to the Queendom. I'm extremely grateful and honoured to have Daniel G here, who is labelled as the number one sales trainer. You also have your world-class agency, my friend. I've seen you across the world. I've seen you doing live events as well, and I'm truly grateful to also be doing your university. How are you, my friend? Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is exciting because I feel like you're already so knowledgeable about sales and you have a good background about sales because you've been doing so well inside of your business that I think this is going to be a valuable for conversation for anybody that's, you know, sort of watching and listening in. I think the well, the thing is you've changed the game for myself when it comes to selling because how you articulate everything in your university and just watching you on lives, on on your, your on the stage as well. And I think this is why I wanted to bring this up because you have this hunger and drive that a lot of people probably don't have just yet. And it has kind of made me reflect more on my own my own hunger you know from 12 years old I was homeless on the streets and for me that was my perseverance that was my hunger that was my driving force um but I know you've had your your hunger from from somewhere and we'd love to hear more where all of that kind of stemmed from to share why you're doing what you're doing now yeah so I you know I was just saying this earlier I said you know it's good that you brought up hunger because I feel like you know, the main question is usually like, man, how do you articulate and how are you so confident? I always say, you know, my hunger has always outweighed my passion and my confidence inside of sales. Like it's always outweighed passion. It's always outweighed confidence. I don't think confidence is this thing that you either have or you don't have. To me, you know, I was sort of put back against the wall because when my parents divorced, uh, I didn't have anybody to, you know, give me allowance, give me money. And I also wasn't cut out for a job. Like I always say this, a part-time job wouldn't even accept my resume. Um, and, you know, to me, I said, okay, well, who would accept me? And then a sign in my high school said, if you want to make, you know, a hundred to $500, you know, sign up right here. And I said, you guys need a resume. He's like, no dude. He's like, you just put your name, email, or you're just your name and your number. We call you on Saturday morning and you can start knocking on doors. So I'm like, shit, these people don't need a resume. I'm like, sign me up right now. So, uh, and that was sales. I always say sales accepts you with open arms, doesn't discriminate who you are, or what you've done. It just says if you can work hard, garbage in, garbage out, you could get paid a lot. So, um, you know, that's, that was so, like, and when I made my first $500, my brain never went back to regular form. I said, I think some people, it's very interesting because some people inside of sales and business, they get a bite, but they don't trust in the bite, which essentially means like, you know, the, 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 the shark smells a little bit of blood. The shark starts going crazy, right? And to me, the moment I got a little bit of a, 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 little bit of a bite, I started believing in it because I said, whoa, if I can make $20 at this homeowner that I just knocked on and that takes my friends at that time three hours to make it a part-time job, 
I believe in this 20. Like I got my first bite. So I said, okay, now how do I just duplicate that and keep that thing consistent? Because to me, if I keep that consistent, that's pretty safe and secure. And that's what financial success was all about or having success was all about when you were young, go to college, go to university so you can get a good job. You can have financial security and you get paid a lot of money. So I just said, how can I get just better at this thing? So this thing becomes consistent. And how do I just become disciplined? So, you know, I just work this thing as if I worked a job. So to me, um, I just got a bite of sales early on and I trusted in the process very early on. I said, if I could do it once, I could do it twice. Uh, and I think some people get a bite and they still don't trust in it. Like they get their first sale and they're like, well, no, that was a fluke. You got to believe in it that you could do another one because if you don't believe that you can do another one, your actions will align towards it. So I kept increasing what I feel like I can make next week. So my actions align towards it today. So I always say this, I say the person that you feel like you could become tomorrow will always dictate the person that you are today inside of your business. So if you don't feel like you can make 10 sales tomorrow, then you will not go put in the work today. If you don't feel like you could become a multimillionaire at the end of the year, then you will not work hard today. Whatever you believe your future self can become dictates your current position right now. So that was just me. Like, you know, I think I think I was just always just wanted to always see my, my potential. Man, can I push more? Can I sell more? Can I do more? What am I capable of? Let's go try to apply to this sales job that like, you know, it's completely ridiculous to apply for, but let's just go try for it. Let's see if they bite. Boom, another bigger and better sales job bit. And I just always want to test, you know, my potential of what I think I can make. And I think that's me. I think, you know, I think my hunger and my drive stays now throughout my business because I want to see how much I can push inside of my business. I want to see how much I'm capable of, right? So, yeah. Um, I can relate because when I, my whole life has been selling because of, my entrepreneur background with dancing. I was classically trained from a young age. From that, I did fitness coaching from that. So I never had an office job. So I never knew the corporate world in that sort of scheme. Um, but when I started to really, and this is because of your university, really love selling from a daily perspective. I really believe, and you say this all the time, you know, selling is 24 seven. I go to bed, I think of selling. Um, you think of it as like, it's, it's a living organism, which what you've always spoken about. But the thing that I've been sort of struggling with when it came to clients who feel icky when it comes to selling. They don't like to ask for money. They feel like it's forced. So how do you change people's perspectives when it comes to really seeing the beauty and the value and the relationship when it comes to selling every single day where it doesn't feel forced and icky? So the perception is this. It's if you sold one person, I want somebody right now in the podcast to think about how those two, three clients inside of your business feel after you're done doing a service with them, whether they're a fitness trainer, I don't know, a health coach. Like think of the end result that you've had already with your past clients or somebody you've helped, somebody you gave advice to. So then people are like, okay, I'm thinking of it. Think how happy they were. Okay, amazing. So really when you're selling somebody, you're benefiting something. Because some people are like, oh, well, selling, I don't want to close this person. But now if you don't sell them, you're doing them a disservice. Because now they get never get to feel the emotion that your current clients feel by being inside of your business. So to me, if I don't sell or close somebody and I believe in my service, I am completely doing that individual a disservice because they're never going to feel what my client feels after I'm done. So, so that's my perspective inside of my business. I put myself in the end position of how my clients feel after I'm done with them. And then I say, wait, let me tap into that emotional state on a sales call. And let me get passionate and fired up about it because I know what my clients have felt before. So I'm not, it's not like if you don't sell somebody, you're doing them a disservice. And regardless, if you sell them, 
it doesn't matter if you sell the person or not, they're still going to go on to buy something. The problem is, is that when somebody's on a sales call, we've convinced ourselves that, well, they're not going to buy today. Well, I think that's a load of BS. Go, if you go tell that prospect, that girl or guy that you're selling to, and they said, oh no, thank you. I'm not interested. Or right now, you know, I don't want to make a decision too quickly. Some way they convince you of not buying, right? They closed you, you didn't close them. And now you get off a phone call with them and they've convinced you pretty good enough where you're like, well, man, you know, not everybody wants to buy today. Five seconds after they opened up their app, they went on Amazon and they went to go buy some shit. 99% of the people that are probably on sales calls with people, they're probably have nine apps open in the background. I can guarantee this, have nine apps open in the background, nine checkout cards, waiting to check out some furniture, waiting to check out some clothes, waiting to check out a dress, a dude's waiting to check out a new set of fucking rims for his car. But somehow somebody sold you out of, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to buy that today. They hang up the call with you. They go buy the, the, the new dress or the new rims for their car. So whether or not they buy for you, they're going to buy some shit today. So and, and if you believe in your service, I think your service is better than a dress that they can wear. Mm. And it comes back to the intention as well. And a lot of the times I've sort of gone back to the relationship and the value I'm here to do and what I'm here to serve. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned in your in your university Uh, And there's so many points I'm going to bring up from this, but it's having the control and having the belief that while they may not believe in themselves right now, it's you showing them the belief in the service that you provide, which um, I'm going to be speaking a little bit of truth now because the mistakes I've made in sales, and this comes back to everything you have been training in your university, is understanding the two different types of clients or two two different types of prospects. You've got the defensive and the over-embellished. And where I've gone wrong so many times, and I'm open to sharing this, is you begin with a sales call. They're so excited. They get into the zone. They're really committed. And the minute you obviously drop the price or the investment, they start to freak out. And something that you've really taught, and this is something I really want for the listeners to hear, how do you bring forward the selling throughout the whole sales call so you're handling objections, so you don't get the over-embellished or you don't get the defensive. You get someone who's controlled at peace and just gets every part of it throughout the call. Yeah, I think the first thing is like, you know, customers will always tell you how they want to be sold if you just, you genuinely care about their responses. So I always say the first thing of a great salesperson, a salesperson always seeks to understand a customer's position and doesn't seek to give off their next side of their script. So a lot of salespeople just seek to reply and they don't seek to understand. And we're so eager to be like, Okay, tomorrow, so what do you do for a living? And then you're like, well, you know, uh, I sell cars then. You're, okay, perfect. So, uh, you know, how much do you make selling cars? And that's a prime example of seeking to reply and not seeking to understand tomorrow. See, somebody that seeks to understand says, okay, awesome, love it. Hey, tomorrow, by the way, let me ask you a question, just kind of going off cuff here. What the heck got you into car sales? Because that's such a hard gig to do. How did you get into car sales? Like, I applaud you to that because, oh, that's seeking to understand now. I'm not just firing off to, you know, get to my next question. And something subconsciously happens with clients where they start saying, oh, the person cares. And when the person cares, your prospect starts to care. That's the whole line of where I say you give a shit about people, people will give a shit about you. That's it. But majority of people are just there to go into their next question. So they make their client feel like they're in an interview process. And when your client feels like that, they're not opened up and they're not at peace because they feel like, okay, I'm just being led down a sale because it's just a straight line of sale rather than going a little bit deep and saying, oh, this feels a little bit good, right? So I always say, you know, whenever you find the twinkle in that prospect's eye and they start getting a little bit excited, 
where they still start getting a little bit mad, go a little bit deeper on them. So they, they have that sense of trust with you. They have that sense of, oh, this person actually cares. Saying things like, hey, by the way, I was about to, you know, ask you something else, but you said something super important. And I want to park on that for two minutes. That shows that a salesperson actually cares. The prospect's going to say, oh shit, the person actually cares because they're trying to figure out. Because the whole point of a sales call is to figure out if your solution is the right fit for somebody. And when you could put yourself in that actual position, because a lot of salespeople don't, they just say, yeah, I'm going to try to figure out if my solution's right. But they don't actually believe that. But if you actually believe that the call's purpose was to figure out if your product can actually help that person win, you will stop, pause, and go a little bit deeper. But majority of people don't think that. They're just trying to say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm just trying to find the right people for the right product. No. Figure out if your product can actually serve them. Sell yourself that you're only supposed to sell people that you can actually help with your product. When you sold yourself on that thought, you'll go a little bit deeper. Clients will feel it. And the sale process will just be a lot more simpler at that point. Does that make sense? Hey guys, real quick. Have you ever been stressed out or stuck on a problem you just can't seem to figure out and then a friend or a mentor comes along with like a fresh perspective and shows you a solution that completely changes the game for you? I'm smiling right now as I say this because I know I've had a ton of these moments while building my businesses and remembering back to all the people I have been helped by, which gets me so excited. So I want to pass on the information here and give you guys a favor to build this Queendom community. You know, whatever platform you are listening on, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button and tune in every Wednesday because you just never know when you will hear that special something that completely changes the game for you. And when it happens, make sure you leave behind five stars so we know our efforts are making an impact. I love you guys. Let's get back into it. I think what really helps in the university that you do you don't just do the script. Well, you don't really do the scripts. It's all framework. And it's very similar to when you think about a brand. Everyone's brand is different because we all have a different voice. So it's almost like we need to be present in the moment of the sales call rather than thinking, how would Daniel say this in this tonality? It's like, well, no, I have to be a human being. Go into the deep, the depth of this person's emotions and use the framework you've given them. But then it's like being actually able to listen to what they're saying or beyond what they're actually not saying. And this is another beautiful thing that I love that you do in the university. You really differentiate the balance between, I guess, having the assertiveness and confidence, yet also having the empathy and, I guess, the nurture around, I guess, lead and love. You talk a lot about that. Right. How do you, how do you, how do you, I guess, support someone when they start selling on balancing the two when, when they're maybe one way too masculine or one way too, ma uh, too feminine in their approach? Yeah, I think, you know, I think with sales, it comes down to a, you know, uh, I think every salesperson tries to become like a chameleon. So they're not really trying to, um, you know, be somebody that they're not, but they're also trying to see the way the prospect likes to be communicated with. Right. So, um, you can never go into a situation with the most perfect formula. So I'm going to give you an example. It's like, imagine you start communicating with a prospect and it's over the DM text, right. And you start sending off a lot of voices. And the client starts texting a lot. And then you're sending off voice notes. Well, there's a signal now that the client likes texting. So stop maybe with the voice notes a little bit. That's their method of communication. But you would never know that if you weren't consciously aware and you didn't test early on in the beginning. When I go speak on stage and I drop like a joke on stage and I look at the audience, oh, they're not feeling that joke. Okay, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole with those jokes anymore. You know, maybe I'm, I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to get serious in two and a half seconds again. 
And we're going to try another one. Oh, oh, they like that. They like that kind of humor. Let me go in with that kind of humor. So I think there's no perfect formula. I think the ability as a salesperson is to be courageous enough to be yourself in the beginning, figure out how your prospect responds. And in that approach and that, that journey of being yourself, you kind of figure out on the way how to be a chameleon and adapt and approach and acknowledge what the person likes and what they don't like, right? And it doesn't also, like, this boils down with objections. Acknowledgement doesn't mean agree. It just means you're getting at the prospect's frequency. And I think energy has been lost inside of sales. We talk about it in every other form of business. We talk about it when you want to manifest your dream car, when you want to manifest your house. You obviously know about this because you're a predicator and you're a coach of this. And I think it always has to be back into business, or sorry, back into sales, because sales is just frequency. It, the moment you are on the same frequency with your clients, is the, it, the, the sale is just so easy. But majority of people are completely off frequency. The client says something and you're arguing with them. You're being confrontative with them. You're, 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 you're not vulnerable enough. So your, your, your level of vulnerability is the prospect's level of vulnerability. So maybe they're a little bit closed off because you're a little bit closed off. So you're trying to get at the same wavelength. And then majority of people that can get on a perfect wavelength with a client on the same frequency line, they end up closing them with ease. And then they go back and they say, oh man, it was just, I guess it's coincidental. Like every great salesperson that's never reverse engineered what they've done to get on the same frequency, they always just think they're born of being great salespeople, right? So they're like, well, it's coincidental. No, you have said certain things that got yourself on a certain frequency and you think it's coincidental, but you and them are at the exact same radio station. And that's how manifestation works. That's when you're thinking of Sally Sally calls you and you're like, oh, it's Sally. It's such a coincidence. No, it's not. You're playing at the same energy field, right? We know this. Same thing in sales. The moment you're vibing out with somebody and there's a level of report, okay? Report is just energy. So what that means is subconsciously, number one, the person likes you. Ah, there's something about this person I like. Number two, there's a process of engagement. And if you can go back to sales, sometimes if you go listen to your calls, you're off frequency. There's no process of engagement. It's you're talking 80, 18 minutes and the prospect says, oh, no way. And then you talk another seven minutes. You're off frequency. We've all been there. We've been in the back of the Uber, Uber drivers talking, you're texting, Uber drivers saying some stuff, you're busy. You just say, no way. And they can keep talking even more. And it's to the point where it's like, that is off frequency. There's no way if that Uber driver tried to sell me some coffee, there's no way that's happening because we're off frequency. So either they got to scoop back down to understand a little bit more and, and be a chameleon or, or, you know, ask some more questions to get back on frequency. To me, sales is just energy. And it becomes a lot more easier when you look at it that way. Because, for example, you could see when some individuals are about to get ghosted early on inside of a conversation because you sent them off three paragraphs. The client replied, oh, no way. And you're like, yeah, da, 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 da. And you have three paragraphs, they have one sentence. You have four paragraphs, they have one word. You're about to get ghosted eventually. Like the level of engagement and the process of engagement is not 50-50. It's not a flowing conversation. You're out of frequency, which will result in no sale, getting ghosted, no intimacy, no, uh, no level of influence and no sense of obligation where they feel like they owe you something because you have no level of rapport, which goes back to energy. So hopefully that answers that. Yeah. And I think 
what you said so beautifully as well. There's just it just goes to show that there's no there's no one way of doing sales. Very much like it comes to saying there's no one way of doing business. Um, it just goes to show that people need to adapt and pivot, which is what you do with your sales calls, your events. And one of the biggest things that have been coming up a lot in conversations for my clients when their life is going great, sales are great. You know, they're they're killing it. Frequency energy is quite high. But when life is tough, and this is where the commitment piece has been quite a struggle for some of my clients, their sales are down, their frequency is down, which means from the place that they're working from is from a place of stress. So how do you encourage people to show up in their sales to still keep going when right now in their life, there's a lot of problems and hardships going on and their frequency is quite low? How do you go through that? Love it. Having the faith that if you let go to what just happened a minute ago and being completely grounded inside of the conversation will yield in better results. So I'm going to tell you what I mean by that to make it in simplistic format. Right now, I'm on this podcast. I'm not thinking about what happened five minutes ago. If some shit happened five minutes ago, good or bad. Why? I'm not going to be able to deliver this podcast the way I want to deliver. And if I'm not able to let go of what just happened five minutes ago, I don't get on the podcast and I don't get on the show. So because I have faith that whenever I'm present, there's a certain level of energy that goes up and that level of energy will create a sale and that sale will make what just happened 20 minutes ago a lot better. So I put myself in that whole situation. So I'm like, wait, I know shit's fucked up. But Daniel, your business is not built on when things are good. Your kindness, your character, your sales ability, everything's built when shit's rough. Your patience is not built when things are perfect inside. Your patience is built at a, your patience and character is built at an airport when shit's fucked up and you still have the ability to be patient, communicate, influence effectively, and not yell. Don't get out of character. How would you influence this person? How would you be kind to this person? How would you still get what you want? Even though not, it's not, your business is not tested when things are going well. It's tested when things are going bad and you have the ability to let go and still be present. So to me, I think it's just the awareness of saying, okay, I'm about to jump on the sales call for five seconds. Let me just breathe, eliminate everything that just happened a minute ago, an hour ago, a day ago, a week ago, a month ago, be fully present on the sales call because that's when energy is the highest. So I will get the best feedback from that customer so I can then intertwine, make a sale, which will then eventually make that one hour situation that just happened go a lot better. If somebody could just think of the best times that they've ever had with their friends at lunch was when everybody's cell phones were down. The worst times when everybody's cell phones were here. The best moments of our lives when everybody was living in the moment. This is the best moment of our lives. I can guarantee the most fun moments of our lives is when we weren't attached to something and neglecting what's right in front of us. That, the most fun moments, the best moments, and the most highest energy moments is when you're at dinner and everybody's off their phones and everybody's fucking laughing. You do your snap, phones go away, and everybody's just freaking laughing and, and heads are down. That's the fun. Like if you go ask somebody, hey, I have a question for you. When were you happier as a child or right now? Majority of people answer as a child. And that's fucking sad because it's like, oh, wow, why? And then when you really start to think of it, because they didn't have this attachment towards anything and anyone, they just so lived in the present. Like every single time you had to play fucking house or soccer, that was the only thing you were thinking of was playing house and, and you being the father and you taking care of a baby that was just a fucking baby doll 
And when you were playing soccer, you were thinking about soccer. Like you were thinking about soccer and those were your most fun moments. When you were at a party, you were at the fucking party. You weren't thinking about what's happening on the telephone. So those were your most fun moments because your energy was the highest. So to me, back in sales, I say, Daniel, what is the easiest way to bring up your energy? It's to be most present. What's the way to be most present? Delete what just happened five minutes ago. So I'm able to be full on in this podcast. I wouldn't have this energy right now if I was thinking about what just happened five minutes ago. As you were saying that, I um, my mom popped up because she used to be an Avon lady. And I know your, I think your nan used to be. Oh, no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And um, I think her resilience and her her present on just making sales and knocking on doors, you're right. Like back in the day then, like they had to do so much knocking and just selling this beautiful product that they used to have. And one of the things that I used to see my mom do, and I think this is why showing up through this podcast, I'm present, even though behind the scenes, there's probably a million things going on. But I always go back to that that moment where my mom was doing stuff like that in the most hardest times of our life. You know, the hardest times where we didn't have money, we didn't have a house, we didn't have furniture, we were on the streets. And I remember that there were the reasons why she was able to show up because of the hardships. And I feel like a lot of people right now will use the excuse that their hardships are dictating their results. But I feel like it's what's pushing people's results to go in further. So hearing that, Daniel, it actually means a lot that you brought up. Um you must probably think or you probably see quite ahead that there's always things emerging in the sales game or in the sales journey when it comes to competitors and staying in, in I guess, in the game when it comes to like what's coming up. Like there's a lot of AI stuff coming up. I know you're creating an AI, I think, in sales. Um, so how do you keep going in that sort of scheme when there are competitors out there bringing in new, new technology right now when it comes to selling? Like we've had our our families sell from Avon door to door and now there's AI coming up. Sure. I think, uh, you know, the the word artificial intelligence, when you think of it, right, you got to say, okay, well, um, there's a lot right now that it could perform, but how do I seamlessly integrate that into my sales cycle right now where I still have human intelligence and me as a human being, as a communicator, still involved, Right. Because what happens is if you fully try to automate your process, prospects can't respond to it because they haven't been using the technology so much, right? So I think the, the best way right now for me to use AI inside of any sales business, start at the front line of the business, meaning lead generation. So maybe don't go into prospect yet. Lead generation and prospecting is different. Lead generation is finding customers. Prospecting is what to say when you find those customers, right? So I'm going to say, okay, let me just integrate it in the first step where maybe it's not front facing with my prospect, but maybe on the back end, I can find my prospects a little bit easier. So maybe I can go into ChatGPT, ask ChatGPT where they would find the best hashtags for this best business on Instagram, and maybe give a list of hashtags that I can go back and it makes my sales job a lot more efficient. So now I'm starting as a, as a user, as a sales user to become familiar with this AI. And then slowly start dripping into your sales process in terms of prospecting, presenting, follow-up, or whatever the case is. And you slowly look at your sales horizon of your business and say, okay, let me first get this thing down packed with lead generation. Then maybe let's do 50% of prospecting with artificial intelligence or whatever the case is, right? And I think in the next five to 10 years, the best salespeople will have the ability to balance out artificial intelligence and human communication with prospects and also be great operators with artificial intelligence and what to ask it because they're great communicators, what to ask in order to give the right response back to your prospects. So 
there's always going to be some sort of human communication because somebody has to operate this human intelligence to give it a program. And you still got to be consciously aware of briars and what they do. Right. So, um, but I just think for now, it's like, you don't want to over puke and overwhelm a prospect with any new technology. So that's on the AI side. And I think the other side is this, I think what's super important for anybody in sales right now is, you know, having a team around you, like, you know, either if you're building a team or if you're on a team, you know, finding the right people or understanding your position that you play right now. So like, you know, if you're a sales leader, you have a business and, and you're that A player. I think what's super important in today's day and age is that you go find those B players for your team and you don't try to find A players. Because what starts to happen as a business owner is you're like, well, I got to duplicate, I got to duplicate, I got to duplicate myself. I wish I could just find another Daniel G. And then you go on to do that and you fuck yourself. Because what happens is you try to go find another Daniel G. And I don't want another Daniel G. I want somebody supporting Daniel G's vision. So I want somebody that owns the B player role. So to me, I'm trying to find a lot of people that want to push and support my vision, especially today more than ever. And people that really own that they can make a lot more being a B player on the team than they could being a fake fucking wannabe a superstar. You know, like that's my opinion. I feel like my friends that support me and that are in my business now have owned the role of saying, Daniel will make the fucking most. Why? Because he's the fucking best at this game. But I want to feed my family. And I want to be the second most. So I'm not going to try to fake being better than Daniel or what he does. But if I could just make half of what this guy makes, shit. Or half of the results, shit, we're living good. And they own their skill sets and their strengths. So that's to me, it's like you got to find those individuals. And if you think it's a possible, it's a not. Because I found a lot of those people on my team and in my organization, inside of my sales organization. I don't want the guy that's like, oh yeah, I'm going to own this firm one day. I want the guy that says, dude, I'm going to do whatever it takes to work this firm as a family and to bring this vision and support this vision to get it to where it needs to get to. And I'll be fulfilled that I played my part. LeBron James is not looking for another LeBron James. LeBron James is looking for other people that could support his team to make sure that his team gets a championship ring. It's beautiful how you've just brought leadership in this beautiful conversation because on week seven, I'm a good student, Daniel, I promise you. Um, you talk about the leadership skills and finding obviously people to work under you or for you as a family. Um, this is an interesting question, but actually let me just share this first because when I thought what I thought leadership was was always being this strong, masculine woman, don't show emotions, don't you know, just be someone that's hard, hard and like that's it. Having a team now and pulling back those layers, um, I've really found being vulnerable and honest and being able to share what's really going on in my life has really helped my leadership skills within my team. For anyone that obviously works with you, do they see other parts of you that other people don't see? And what are those parts? Hey, beautiful kings and queens. Are you right now in a space where you're ready to take action and build your business, yet you struggle where to begin? You're feeling stuck and overwhelmed with all the things you need to do when it comes to building a business. Now, my Empire Circle membership is a 12-month commitment where you will build the business of your dreams in the online space and be in the arena of all the incredible, great humans out there that are building seven to eight-figure businesses. Now, the foundations that I trust believe in that you are going to learn through this membership is sales, marketing, content creation, social media, money mindset, and of course, branding. Now, all of this will be accessible for you to be learning 
what is currently hot right now in the market and how you can create your own business and build a successful business in the online space. All you have to do right now is DM Empire in my Instagram or email myself and my team and we will get the ball rolling so you can have your empire and start making moves in the online space. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, when, when you're branding and you're marketing online, I think, you know, you're not, I choose not to show my whole life style behind the scenes. I just choose to keep a lot of stuff private. So I think the closest people around me, you know, see the things that I just don't show in my everyday life on social media. So of course, uh, they just see the things that I decide to keep private on social media and, and, and that's, you know, for a plethora of different reasons. I want to keep my, you know, my family majority of the time private to respect the privacy. And the second thing is this, I don't want lifestyle drama inside of my social media. So I let my followers stay focused on what they came in for. And what they came in for was to beat me up for some sales information. And that's that. Like if somebody goes ask me some fucking questions about my life, you know, on, on, on an Instagram live. Uh, how does that change your life? Like wh whatever I answer to that question, what is that going to change for you? Whether I take a piss at this time or whether I take a piss at that time, it doesn't change your freaking life. You go ask me a question that's going to solve your sales problem. That's what my social media is for. That's, that's what it is. And that's, that's an opinion. Like some people want to share everything. That's good. That's not the reason. That's not the way I built my social media. I like to keep my social media and my followers on track. And that's the ecosystem that people know they're inside. So that's it. Anyways, this was super fun and I appreciate you doing this tomorrow. This was fun. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. And I'll yes. see you soon, all right? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, legend. Have a good one. Thank you. Hey guys, as you would have witnessed and heard, the amazing Daniel G was on and I really want to end this episode on a high because... um. Daniel had to obviously go. He's a very busy human being, as you would be if you've got a million things that he does and travels around the world. And it's really exciting that we have these amazing guest speakers join. It just goes to show that while these people are making eight-figure income, they still have the time to do these beautiful moments of jumping on a podcast to support other entrepreneurs, other business owners, you know. And this is something I just want to come back to leadership because Daniel spoke so well about leadership at the end of this episode. And leadership to me is really defining being someone who is able to see what's ahead more than anyone else. It's someone who is future paced, who can also foresee not just what's happening in the moment, but what's going to be happening down the track. And a leader as well really is about someone who can own themselves, can own their stuff and be someone who's vulnerable, strong, holds them together communicates well, is honest, and is always working from a place of love. And if you guys right now have felt so, so motivated by that episode with Daniel G and you are really ready to get really so good at selling where you don't feel like it's forced, where you actually enjoy it, where you know that this is something where you are providing a service and you're making someone's day, then I challenge you guys to be part of my Empire Circle membership. This membership is a 12-month commitment and the investment is only nearly $100. And this investment is worth $30,000 and you're getting it for $400 a month. And with that, you get sessions like Daniel G coming into the amazing container. You get group coaching calls with myself. 
And also you get access to all my training that has built my successful business, the business foundations of mindset, social media, marketing, branding, content creation, and of course, selling. I'm Tamara Mai, your host of Keys to the Queendom, and I'm so excited for another episode. As we know, every week we get an amazing episode that comes into your beautiful phone, or even if you want to watch it on YouTube, I really encourage you guys to really get into the the episodes and just soak it all in. Take notes, because after that episode, I'm definitely, definitely more excited to be doing what I'm doing. See you later, beautiful humans.